Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends. I'm Luann Prater. And I am Tracy Eister. What would happen, Tracy, if in our world all we focused on was the good? What do you think our world would look like? Wow. Heaven. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think. I think you could be right. You know, (laughs) so maybe people around you aren't really doing what you want them to do, or maybe they're not even doing what you need them to do. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your friend or your boss, but we want to focus today on what would our world, we don't have control over the rest of the world, we don't have control over our government, we don't have control over our city, but we have control over how we react to everything, Let me say that one more time. I was going to say, that is so good. Say it again. (laughs) You do not have control over that guy that cuts you off in traffic. You do not have control over that screaming child that's kept you up all night. You do not have control over anything that's happening in your city government, your county government, your state government. You don't have control over that. You have 100% control over how... You react to every situation. You have control over that. And so today we want to focus on what in the world would our world look like if we flipped everything on its ear and we just said, I'm only going to focus on the good. Wow. What would that look like? Tracy, if your kids were totally out of control and they were just driving you to the brink of insanity. Not that that's, <laughs> let's, uh, that's hypothetical, I know. Right. That, not that that's ever happened. <laughs> but let's just say that maybe it did once. How could you react in a way that was only good? Well, I can tell you that children are like little sponges. Mm-hmm. And they are constantly learning based on observation. Mm-hmm. So I can guarantee you that how I do choose to react, I will see over and over and over again in my children. Ooh, because oh, that, yes. Now that is a scary concept. Right <laughs> it is there. a scary concept because you start to I mean, it, it happens, I think, when we get married. And then it really happens when we have children because we start to see our flaws lived out right in front of us. And when my children were young, we always have done our chores together. And when they were young, we were once folding clothes. And here's my little, he was probably three to four. My little Wesley was folding towels and he was making a total mess of the towels. And I remember my high control self wanted perfectly folded (laughs) towels. And he ran down and put them in the laundry room closet because I kind of hadn't been paying attention. I mean, in the linen closet, he grabs me by the hand. He drags me, wants me to see what he's done. And I remember my perfectly pristine linen closet looking like, you know, a bomb had blown up in there and the (laughs) towels were, you know, little origami towels. They were not folded Mm -hmm. the way they were supposed to be. And there were instantly I wanted, no, Wesley, this is the way we fold towels. 
and and the Holy Spirit, you know, praise God that He closes our mouths at times if we listen. Amen. <laughs> because I looked down at Wesley, and the look, his little eyes were bright. He was smiling. He was so proud because he had helped me, and I had Aww. a choice to make. I could have tried to control the situation and wanted everything to be just my way, so I did look at him. Awesome, buddy. High-fived him. And, you know, through the years, as he learned more and more, the towels were folded just fine. But if I had cut him off or Mm -hmm. chastised him or wanted high control and wanted it my way, he would not be the young man he is now that Mm -hmm. is helpful because Mm -hmm. I would have crushed his little spirit by it wasn't being done perfectly. So I think... Once I was told by someone that nagging people, because to me that would have been nagging if I'd been about how he didn't do it right. It's like being um, nibbled to death by a duck. (laughs) 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 And nobody wants to be nibbled to death by a duck. (laughs) So I've never heard that analogy before. But thank you. That that kind of gives me a whole new thing to be afraid of. <laughs> okay, so nagging doesn't work. You're right. It, it's so important for us to think about how we react yes. to situations, and in this case, our children. How do we react to our children in a positive way every time and say something good? And that's what we're talking about today. We're saying, what in the world, what in our world would it look like if all we focused on was the good and the right things that people have done? Okay, so Tracy, we're talking about focusing on the good things in life. And I know I'm married to the most wonderful man on the planet. I've got the gem of all gems. But there are times when he does some things and I have to allow the Holy Spirit to change my reaction because my natural reaction would be, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> you know, what are you thinking? For example, we were building our, our house and we had uh, the laundry room was done. We were all set up and they, they delivered our washer and dryer. But they didn't get it hooked up. So my husband was hooking it up. And then we went in and we sat down in the room right next to it. And we were talking, having a cup of coffee. And he was running the first load of clothes. And all of a sudden, I looked down the laundry room hallway coming into our <laughs> kitchen. And it looked like a scene from Lucille Ball. There were suds rolling down the hall and into our heating vents, which were going down into the basement. And so I, I wanted to scream, but honestly, I had that, that Holy Spirit check and I was like, okay, okay, I have a choice of how I'm going to react here. And I just said, oh, I think that we've got a problem there in the <laughs> in the laundry room. And he turned around and looked and went running in there. And of course, something wasn't hooked up right. But I, I mean, everything in my natural self wanted to scream. But I really felt like, 
we were able to laugh about it. I said, oh my goodness, because God was reminding me, that could be you. And and next week, you're probably going to do something that's crazier than that. So show him the kind of reaction that you would want to have in that moment. And so I was just loving on him. I got went over and I got all the towels out and we were just mopping <laughs> up the floor and laughing. And we started giggling so hard, like, well, here's a memory we're not going to soon forget. <laughs> but how different that was than if I would have chosen to do my natural tendency would be, you know, right. Right, And for the benefit of our dear sisters, watching you tell that story was a joy. (laughs) Your eyes are lit up. You were smiling the whole time. And so, you know, God took what could have been an argument, a fight, something that, you know, belittled him and turned it into this great memory that you all have together. And how many opportunities do we have daily for those types of things when something goes wrong i there are so many moms that i constantly ask are you a silly mom are mm-hmm. you willing to take something rough that's happening and turning it into silly when my daughter was a teenager we started of course because it starts to happen you start button heads with your teenagers and i remember once at the dinner table we were having a conversation and she wasn't liking what she was hearing out of our mouths and my husband looked right at her and he goes did you know that when teenagers turn 16 that suddenly something happens to their parents brains and everything that comes out of their mouth is total crazy nonsense and Samara started laughing and she was like I knew it I knew there was something weird going on and he goes yeah it happens to teachers too everything that they say it's like they don't know anything and he diffused what could have become you know an argument and it he diffused it into funny and silly and that is usually my go-to and it looks Mm -hmm. like you know you were just kind of rolling with it and oops I think we have a problem Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I look at how do I want to be treated? And, and, you know, it goes back to the golden rule. But if we focus on what's right, and I try really hard. I mean, there are times that I've had to seriously bite my tongue and go, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. You know, and I've just forced myself to stop and not say anything at all until I formulate what is good. And then I go, okay, I'm going to focus on what he just did. And so I just say, I said, honey, I'm so glad you, you know, you're willing to, to hook all that stuff up and you can turn it around. And I love a couple of scriptures that I want to just share. Proverbs 31:11 says, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Now, when I think about that, I go, wow, for him to have confidence in me, that means he knows I will never belittle him. Right. I will never talk down about him to anyone. If I have an issue with my husband, I'm going to say something to him one-on-one behind closed doors. I am never going to belittle my husband. He knows I adore him. And I'm only going to say good things about him in front of people because I want him to have that confidence. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, I love the five and seven that says, 
It's love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. And it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. And that word for protects, it always protects, that word is kind of like a cloak that you wrap mm. around something that you want to to make sure it's protected and taken care of. And that's what we do when we're in relationships. Always point out the good. Tracy, there are times when our friends really need us to have that listening ear and to be on guard on how we react when they tell us something that could shock us, could make us uh, maybe want to run screaming into the night. Some people, some of our friends are afraid to share things because they're afraid of negative reactions. And so we need, as Christian brothers and sisters, we need to develop a, a good way of reacting to anything anybody shares with us. Right? Right. Right. There's a scripture. It's in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 4.29, and it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but mm. only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And there are two words I have circled in my Bible on that scripture, and it's their needs. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. needs to come out of my mouth is only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit the one who's listening. Okay, Tracy, so we are talking about really focusing on the need of our friend. And honestly, what this whole show is about today is about what would our world look like if we reacted and focused on the good? Now, there may be a lot of things that are wrong with whatever our friend is is sharing with us or whatever's coming at us. But if we decided, instead of cutting them off and saying, wow, you know, I I don't have time for that. I don't want to deal with that right now. If we took that scripture and we actually uh, lived it out and said, okay, I need to focus on and react in a good way and watch her world change because she's really seeing you pay attention Mm. and tell her what she did right you know i think so often we have people in our lives that want to tell us what we did wrong Mm. and they want to they want to point out our mistakes and sometimes i'm going to be honest there are friends that do a lot of crazy things and (laughs) and sometimes they they're making bad choices and and i mentor some girls that are in their mid-20s and sometimes I just want to go, what are you thinking? <laughs> but I, I, instead of doing that, I try to look at and I glean kind of like when you're, you're just looking and you're, sh- you're saying, Lord, just help me to see the good and the right thing so I can tell them that. And so then I'll focus on, hey, you know what you did here? If you try to do more of that, I think that you're going to get on track and go where God needs you to go. But honestly, Tracy, it takes a little bit of effort sometimes to to see that right thing and to recognize it. But then when you do, you watch their eyes light up 
and you see that they're saying, you mean I, I'm not a, a mess up? I, I did something right? How cool is that when we point that out? Right, because normally, personally, when I am in a place where I, I can only see the mistakes I'm making and the mess ups I'm making, I can get pulled so far into that that I really mm-hmm. do start to forget the good and what mm-hmm. God has done through me. And I'm specifically thinking of an instance recently where a friend came to talk to me about an issue she was having with her teenager. And she started piling it on herself in a way that was breaking my heart the more mm-hmm. I heard her talk. Because what was coming out of her was everything that she could think of that she had done wrong. And it was like she was trapped in a box. And the mm. only thing in the box with her was every negative word or raised voice or mm. negative attitude. And that is not the woman that I know. The mm-hmm. woman that I know is a loving mother and a sacrificial mother and a, and a seeking what's best for my child mother. And mm-hmm. I had to just pull her out of that box and take her out of what she was trapped in and point out the good. No, that's Mm -hmm. not true. Do you remember when you did this and how much he appreciated that? And do you remember when you made sure this happened in his life? And so he got to that next step. Mm -hmm. And so having the ability to see the perspective that they can't see because they're trapped in that box, exactly what you're saying is so important. And that is probably a lot of why when we want to um, be fearful of sharing rough things with our friends it's Mm -hmm. because the enemy doesn't want those edifying words to come back to us so they try to keep us quiet and silent and in that box so you're right we have to look for every moment to shower people with the truth that we see them in them and the truth of who we know they are because we've experienced it and seen it with them we are talking about how we can turn any situation into pointing out the good the right. You know, uh, scripture clearly tells us to think about those things that are lovely and pure. And Tracy, sometimes our reactions, I mean, we talk about we have no control over all the things that happen to us, but we have 100% control over how we react to all of them. So Romans 15, 1, 2 says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Amen. And and (laughs) so that's what we're talking about. We have control when our boss, let's just go there for a minute. Let's go to the workplace. And Tracy, I know that you were in the corporate world for a while. And sometimes you're working (laughs) and you're working overtime and you just have... Uh, something hit you that from the boss's mouth and you have to decide at that moment, am I going to react in a negative way or am I going to let something good come out of my mouth? How do you make that flip in your head right at that moment when maybe your boss doesn't know Jesus? I've for a long time always understood and been taught about authority an understanding that in the workplace, you know, I am under the authority of my employer and recognizing that you really can't expect more from someone than they have the capacity to give. 
So mm-hmm. if my boss and when I was in the corporate world, my boss was not a believer. So and he had a bit of a temper. Mm. So when he would fly off and act in ways that he shouldn't, now I recognize what more could I have expected? He would not know any better. He was a high-powered attorney in Palm Beach County, Florida, and where he was headed, he was not thinking about the way he spoke to me. So understanding that that's the way he did life and what he had to say about me or anything that I did really is not the reflection of me. It's a reflection of him and where he is in life. So trying not to take it personally. But I don't want you to think that I had it all figured out because I flat out, there were days when I would call my husband and I would say, will you say nice things to me? Will you tell me that I'm a good person and that I'm a smart person and that I'm a capable person Mm -hmm. and that I am loved? And so what I would say to you, if you are in this type of a situation, don't let someone else's words that are coming from a place that really have nothing to do with you. It has more to do with them and who they are. Don't let that define who you are as an employee. And go make that phone call. Call a girlfriend. Call your husband. <laughs> call whoever you have to to say, will you just say some nice words to me for about three mm-hmm. minutes? And then I'm going to mm-hmm. get back to work. And it, and just that whole new perspective of, 